All right, welcome back everyone to the Matrix Unveiled School of Mysticism. So great to see you all here today. We are back live once again on YouTube and I'm very excited to be here and to share some energy and some time uh, and some frequencies with you all that are live here with me. So welcome back to the live stream. If you're in here in the chat, say what's up, say welcome back, you know, give me a thumbs up. I'm excited to talk with you all today. So today we're gonna kind of just do a little free flow of uh, some thoughts and some, uh, you know, consciousness downloads or up levels that I've kind of really understood and started to tap into. And so th today, the title of today's lecture is going to be called TMU Live Mages Inside of the Simulatrix and How We Tether to the Organic Reality. So this is something that is so, so important to discuss. And that's why I really wanted to have a live stream and talk about this because understanding how to tether to the organic reality versus the artificial simulatrix is something that every single being that is evolving their consciousness and every single being that's really trying to escape this maya or this simulatrix as i've called it in my books <clears throat> this is something that every single being needs to understand how to tether to organic reality versus the simulatrix and what is the difference so for those of you that know what the difference is, go ahead and put that in the chat. Let me know what you think about, you know, the simulatrix. For those of you that have read Agenda AI, let me know what are your thoughts on the simulatrix and what kinds of understandings have you come to? So I've been reading the comment sections and, you know, really seeing what the tribe has been talking about. And I've discussed my theories and my perceptions of the simulatrix, what the simulatrix is, how it operates. How it is a frequency of control around our Sophionic intelligence. So the Sophionic intelligence is this consciousness that is the earth. And uh, I've gotten a lot of questions from, from our members and from different you know people that have been asking me like, how do I connect to Gaia? How do I connect to Sophia? How do I connect to this infinite wisdom that is beyond the simulatrix? And for those of you that are new to the channel, if you're new to the channel, the simulatrix is a term that I've coined, which describes to a whole lecture in my last lecture, which was about the Sophionic intelligence. We discussed about the archons and the stereoma, which is a terminology that's used in Gnostic wisdom 
discuss about the false copy or the replications that are created by the Archons. The Archons being basically builders, but replicating builders. They have something known as mimicry intelligence or MI. So there's a lot of talk right now about AI, artificial intelligence, and AI is actually Archon intelligence, which I've also talked about in Agenda AI. Okay, but AI intelligence would be more closely related to the terminology mimicry intelligence or MI. MI and AI, I see them as the same thing. So we talked about in this lecture, if those of you that have not uh, seen the lecture, you know, we, we posted a little bit on YouTube and then the rest is for our members in the School of Mysticism. But basically we discussed how Pranoia was given. Pranoia being divine wisdom, the divine creative spark, which I've discussed many times, the divine spark. Pranoia being given and endowed, and also epinoia, which is basically creative intelligence and intention. So epinoia being in uh, intention, and then pranoia, as well as noose. Noose would be the overarching terminology. Noose is divine intelligence. There is something that sets divine beings or what, what you can call source players or spiritual beings or you know higher consciousness beings apart from the NPCs. This is something that is not a discriminatory, uh, discriminatory factor or some sort of prejudice. This is an actual verifiable phenomenon. There's a verifiable phenomenon that there is different types of consciousness that exist within the matrix. Okay? That's something I want you to keep in mind. I'm not talking about these things and like, oh, you know, uh, just dismissing people and calling them NPCs and just de dehumanizing them, basically. That's not the point of this conversation. The point is to understand that there's various levels of intelligences within the spiritual fields. And if you don't understand this, you could go your entire life in this Maya or this simulatrix and be confused about why reality is causing you suffering, or why people are not understanding who you are, why they are uh, following the programming, why they're following the Archon agendas, why they're staying brainwashed. And then you might even yourself go through an experience where you feel like everyone around you is different than you. And then it can even get to the point where, you know, you're being gaslit by the simulation by the simulatrix and you're being gaslit by other people because they're not on your wavelength. Well, actually I had somebody reach out to me recently and they, they said, uh, they, you know, left me an email or something, which I've received many of these. And I really do appreciate, uh, feedback from people. Somebody left me a, an email, which was very kind and, you know, was basically saying, uh, thank you so much for your videos on because you basically have made a video for every single situation that I was in. And most of this was having to do with the negative forces, the satanic forces, the evil forces, the archontic forces, invading my reality, coming in on these all different levels. So they can invade your reality through relationships. They can invade your reality through uh, finances. They can invade your reality through your, your job or your career or, um, you know, the governments, the different, even, even people like neighbors and, you know, people that are kind of like watching you, so to speak. Okay. We've talked about that before. I talked about the, the uh, NPC consciousness and why it's a hive mind and why it seeks to assimilate knowledge, assimilate 
individuals. This is why they, there is that gang stalking phenomenon. Okay. So I'm speaking to a, a select minority here. I'm not talking to the NPCs or the, the hive mind. I don't like to, you know, we can call them the hive mind for now. I am talking to the divine sparks here. The ones that are endowed with noose, which is divine creative intelligence. Divine creative intelligence basically allows you to be a real player. And this is where I get the concept of a mage from. Because I am a mage, first and foremost. That is my duty, my responsibility, how I carry myself, what my work has become, magical forces. And as a Gnostic as well, I recognize the innate intelligence within Sophia. Sophia being the goddess, being this very powerful natural energy that controls the five elements. Notice I said five, not four. The five elementals. And basically the aeonic powers. The aeonic forces, which are these multidimensional, hyperdimensional energies that are beyond even the DMT trickster elves which would be called the Archons. So when individuals see different entities behind the veil, you, know, you smoke a little DMT, you take a, a psychedelic or something, you see these entities. And you begin to form a relationship with them. You begin to gain a friendship or a communication. But you don't realize who they are and what they're actually working for. And that is the Demiurge. That's the chief archon. But then there's another entity that doesn't always make herself known, but she's always there, and that is Sophia. And Sophia is not equated with these archons or these lesser gods. So there's a, a whole story, and we're going to get into part three of the Gnosis. Not today, but next Friday in the School of Mysticism, where I'm going to be talking about Sophia's correction. Okay? Sophia's correction is her antithesis or her antiviral software to the Archon Matrix, to the Simulatrix. So let me see if I can pull that up here for you. You can see we have Sophia's correction, the great mystery revival and the Archon's last stand. This would be part three of my lecture series that I am presenting to the world. And to the students of mysticism. Okay, I just, I just put this up like 20, 30 minutes ago, so I don't expect anyone to have RSVP'd as of yet. Um, but I've been planning this. So we, we had part one, which was uh, we had done one lecture on YouTube. We kind of talked about it on YouTube. Then we had done a, a second part, which was for the School of Mysticism, where I went into a very in-depth explanation of the fallen goddess scenario. So the actual revival of her, but then what she went through, how she was tricked into descending into the Pleroma, sorry, from the Pleroma into the Dema, into the Keroma, okay? I talked about the Dema, which is the uh, dense energy matter activation. I talked about how Yaldabaoth was actually created as a, as a mistake, but Sophia completely owns that mistake. So we talked about in part two and we left off basically with her understanding that there was a smear 
the stereoma, and then her having to redesign the Archon's matrix, which was basically the hexagram, which is why they use the hexagram. They use the hexagram because that is the coding that they were endowed within. Now, Sophia had her own coding in the stereoma. She didn't use the, the six-sided coding. That's why we have everything being carbon here, you know, 666. So that's the number of the beast. But really, that's the number of the quantum computer that we exist in. Okay, the ethereal computer, the ethereal matrix. So we have two matrices inside of each other. You have the telluric matrix, which is the sophionic matrix, which I've seen in my visions before. And then, I, then you also see the, uh, the simulatrix, which is the artificial archon matrix. That's the stereoma. So you have to exit two matrices. You have to exit the stereoma and... Sophia's telluric matrix in order to escape the reincarnation cycle. Magic is a force that is utilized by practitioners to harness spiritual will and spiritual forces. It involves communication with other spirits, entities, and aeons, powers beyond material understanding. Magic also has to deal with conjurations, summonings, variety of different powers that are accessible to a magician or to a magi or to a mage. So there's a, there's a difference between, you know, somebody who is, you know, you have people that are like warriors and stuff like that. And okay, so you have someone that wields a sword, right? Back in the day, they would wield swords and knives and daggers and blades. And then you have the archers, right? You got the cavalry, the infantry. Well, you also have a whole class of individuals that have not been talked about, that have been suppressed from the history books. And these are the mages. These are the alchemists. These are the wizards. These are the shamans. These are the medicine men. These are the, uh, the magis. These are the Gnostics. Why were they suppressed? They were suppressed because they contained epinoia and pronoia and noose. These are divine qualities. These are qualities that the God of this world did not favor from his subjects and from his um, slaves. Put it so bluntly. He didn't want free-thinking individuals. He wants individuals that are going with the status quo. And Noose, try to see if I have it in my notebook here. I'm looking for exactly where. Um, that exact definition. Ah, oh, here we go. Noose being creative imagination and pranoia being uh, a similar divine intelligence. So basically, the god of this world or of the demiurge, Yahweh, okay, Yaldabaoth, he was created out of the mistake of Sophia's lack of awareness as she descended into the Karoma from the Pleroma, which is where the aeons are. The aeons, this is basically beyond the matrix, beyond the universe, beyond the construct. So when you enter into a reality such as that, and you're able to go beyond the dema, the physicality, this is the unlimited verse, the multiverse. This is, these are the multiversal planes I talked about in my book as well. Sometimes we do access these planes in our dream states, in our astral projection states. We actually leave construct 
or even if you have a very powerful medicinal experience, you can leave the construct. So, to be a mage is to harness this power. As I'm going back to my, my point about the mages, right? The mages were suppressed because they contained the power to control the elementals, which means that they contained the power to control fire, wind, earth, water, electricity, magnetism, uh, quote-unquote gravity, which is really just electromagnetic force, plasma, okay? They, were the, they had the ability to control and to work with, to harmonize with the sunlight, with the shadows even, with the elemental spirits, with the different types of fairies or fae, and then even the djinn. Yes, many mages even had what you would consider to be archons having switched sides. Knowing that the Demiurge's time is over, they actually would switch sides. So I don't want to get into too much of that because that's more esoteric and you know, deeper magic. Remember, I don't share all my magic on YouTube because this is a public platform. We have to have a, a cap for how much we share on here. So we talk more about magic in the school of mysticism because magic is a potent force and it's not to be abused. And what I see is, obviously, as we know, in this reality, they've abused almost everything. Every power, every energy, every field, right? You see this abuse going on. That's, that's a... That's a typical trait of the archontic mind is to abuse and to extract and to um, devalue. So this is stuff that we have to pay attention to. You know, we have to pay attention to how archons are operating. We have to understand our enemy, quote unquote, in order to go into higher consciousness. And also, we have to understand what the point of our existence here is. So a lot of people will speculate and say that reincarnation is a forced process, which may be possible, may not. I don't know. That's something that you're going to have to decide. So what you have to do is you have to become a mage in this lifetime. You have to become a true mage, a true sorcerer, a true wizard, a true magi. So you can harness these these elementals in the body and outside of the body. And once you can do that, once you have the power to be able to control your own energy field, you can now start to draw things towards yourself that you are desiring or lacking. You can begin to heal yourself. You can begin to awaken your other senses. You can begin to vibrate beyond the simulatrix. Okay. Regarding the music choice, understand I have very limited options on what kind of music I can play on YouTube without it getting copyrighted. So, kind of just go with whatever is available. If anyone wants to create some beats for the channel, go ahead. I would appreciate that. You know, I think we have some beats already, but we'll we'll look into getting some more. Another thing that's really positive is I got a new microphone. So, Hopefully my quality is sounding better. I know we were having some issues with the, the audio, but that should never be a problem again because I went ahead and uh, got a new microphone for myself and for TMU, and I'm very happy to be uh, broadcasting in a clear, more powerful signal. So hopefully it's sounding better in your ears and you're able to appreciate the sound and uh, the vibration on a whole other level. 
right? So the mages are dedicated to the self-study and to the accumulation of spiritual knowledge, gnosis. Gnosis doesn't just, I think I, 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 I saw some comment or something. I want to be clear about something. Gnosis does not involve just studying on an intellectual level. But you need to absorb this knowledge on an intellectual level before you can understand it on a Gnostic level, on a level of consciousness level. So I think some people have it mistaken, thinking that I said that you can just read about this or watch videos about this or hear about this, listen to lectures, and you'll be okay. I never said that. I never said that once. No, you need to put in the work, the esoteric work, the shamanic work. I've made that very clear. And then there's also this question of, well, how much is enough work? I always hear that. How much is enough work? Well, if you're still asking that question, you definitely don't have the skill. Because you would know when you're liberated, no other being will be able to mess with you or touch with you. You would have created a sovereign kingdom. You would no longer be feeling like there's something else controlling you. You would see that you are sovereign. And you would also be able to recognize when the AI is influencing your thoughts or others. It's like becoming Neo in the Matrix. Neo breaks out. You watch the very, very, very end. Matrix 4. So this whole idea that humans are stuck in here as prisoners forever and we're stuck in Plato's cave and we're never going to get out. You're basically just one of the individuals that's uh, refusing to accept the light and believing only in the shadows. You see, that was the, the fallacy of the prisoners is that they all mocked the light. Yes, read Plato's cave if you don't know what I'm talking about. If you didn't understand the overarching theme of Plato's cave, I talked about this in, in the School of Mysticism as well. Uh, Howdy Mikowski's book, Exit the Cave, is a good one. And I, I, I go into more of a review in, in, the, in the exclusive you know, platform. So I talk about Plato's cave being this light source. There, there being a light source outside of Plato's cave and the prisoners having been strapped and chained into the prison of Plato's cave, being stuck in there, not able to escape, not able to be free, not able to do what they wanted to do. Um, <clears throat> and then actually realizing that, you know, there were some prisoners that recognized that there was light at the end of the tunnel and that they could actually go out of the, uh, the cave. Now, I'm not saying to go to the light tunnel. I'm saying that there is light. And your intuition will help you guide yourself to the true light versus the false or contact light. So if you see your family members when you cross over, chances are those are not your family members. And you're going to have to be okay with saying no to them. So you better be comfortable with saying no to Those are going to keep you here. Those are going to keep you recycling. So a mage understands detachment. A mage understands many things. Alchemy being one. Magic being another. Battle magic being another thing. So actually knowing how to go on the offensive against certain entities and energies, that's not something that you hear talked about. Another thing is that a lot of the information that I'm sharing with you, this is not being shared on other channels or platforms. So why is that? Why aren't we seeing this depth of knowledge? Maybe it's 
that they haven't reached it, which is fine. But, you know, I have a message here that is very powerful and that I think a lot of people are not fully taking advantage of the power that I'm sharing. So if you're just listening to this as entertainment, I kind of think that that's a joke and uh, you're not a true mage. <laughs> okay? You're not a true uh, warrior. And then there's also this other question of, well, is it even right to be a warrior? And I would say that that's how far the Archons have tricked you. They've tricked you so much that you have forgotten to even wield power, wield protection, wield battle magic, wield the ability to harness energy for your own protection and for protection against each other. This means on a multi-dimensional level. I'm talking about on a physical level, on a spiritual level, on an astral level, on a dream level, on a causal level, on a mental level, on an etheric and ethereal level. All of these things. Someone says they're a beginner at, at uh, elemental magic. And they're shocked at how much they have to learn. That's absolutely true. Now, you shouldn't be shocked in, in the sense of, um, you know, oh my gosh, like it's never going to happen. No, you got to go step by step. You also have to have a good teacher who knows what they're doing and knows the basics. So that way he can, he can at least teach you the basics. And therefore, you'll be able to progress once you know at least something. Elemental magic is, it's hard, but it's easy at the same time. It's hard to get your feet wet and to actually learn how to swim. But once you're swimming... You can become a very good swimmer very quickly. So that's something to keep in mind. Okay? It's going to take practice. I have tutorials and lessons on pretty much many forms of elemental magic, mainly being aerokinesis and hydrokinesis, electrokinesis, these kinds of powers. By the way, for those of you that are like, well, what's the point of the power? First of all, it's not about power. It's about self-discipline. So the reason you swing a sword and train with a sword isn't so you can chop a bunch of people's heads off. The reason you, tr you swing a sword is so you can learn control with your strength and your accuracy and your ability to control your own neurological structure, your own nervous system, right? Nervous system training is one of the most important things. So I'll even be talking about, and there's going to be a few new courses that I'm coming out with. One of them being Battle Magic, the offensive guide to a mage's... Uh, sorry, let me, let me get the actual title for you so I don't butcher it here. Because some of the, Sometimes I come up with some very creative titles, and then when I'm uh, you know, sharing it, sometimes I'll, I'll forget it. So basically, uh, let's see, let's see. So right now I have Battle Magic, the Light Warrior Mage's Offensive Guide Manual, and that's going to be one of the... Um, really powerful ones that's that's going to be coming out. It's going to be an exclusive course that I'll be teaching. This is for my battle magicians. This is for my mages that are ready for warfare. Warfare against oppressors and against invaders. Not warfare against your neighbor or people that have harmed you, quote-unquote. I don't teach that kind of magic. I teach uh, an offensive elemental magic that will help you create such powerful energy that no one will dare mess with you. That's the way I teach offensive magic. There's also ways of strikes and stuff, but that's different. So that's one of the courses that I have coming out. And within that course, we're going to talk about different types of weaponry, different types of uh, conjurations and, you know, devices to channel energy. So 
Wands being one of them, okay? Wands being a, a uh, basically a, a device, a conduit to channel magic, to channel energy. Some will say, well, why do you need the wand? Why do you need the staff? Well, why do you need your phone to take a picture? Because it's a tool. Why do you need a chair? Because it's a tool. Everything is a tool in this realm. Everything can be used as a tool to amp amplify yourself. Like this microphone is a new tool that I received, that I acquired to amplify myself. Now I have a louder way of projecting my throat chakra. All right? So these are important things. Like we, we make custom wands and staffs, and that's something as well that we offer to our students and to people that are interested in purchasing that. These are training wands, magical training wands designed to help you channel elemental energy and um, you know, really understand the power of your own spirit and your own intention. A lot of people, when they first get into magical studies and stuff, like it can be so overwhelming because there's so many things to try to master and to learn. And so that's why we do teach you step-by-step step the process of harnessing your will, harnessing your energy, building up your energy field, understanding what even is your energy field, uh, how to navigate this energy field, how to clear things like parasites and attachments, okay? It's also important, I do have to mention this, it's also important to make sure your diet is doing well. So let's get, let's get back to the, the, the question about uh, the mages real quick and um, the tethering of the organic reality, and I'll kind of tie this in with diet. Okay, diet being very important because what you consume inside of your flesh vehicle, your physicality, is going to be the type of energy you emit. So if you're emitting a lot of uh, dark vibrations, it's probably because you're consuming a lot of death and decay. If you want to vibrate a frequency of light, like a lot of people will say, oh, I, I'm struggling with aerokinesis. Well, it's probably what you're eating. That could be a part of it. You're not putting good fuel into your body. So your body isn't going to be able to tether to the organic reality. The organic reality is all around us in these multidimensional realms. But then again, you have what is called the simulatrix, okay? The simulatrix is that interference pattern. It's literally an interference pattern, okay? It's literally an interference pattern. I actually was looking at this last night. I was looking at the energetics last night. I was noticing something. And I live in a very peaceful area. I live in an area that's very uh, naturaleza, espanol, natural, very filled with nature. And still I can notice the simulatrix. And still I can notice the overlay. So what does that mean? It means that we're in a fight for the ley lines here. We're in a fight for the ley lines here. I'm only talking again to the mages. I'm only talking to the ones that are awakened and initiated. If you are an NPC, you're going to hear my words and none of this is going to make any sense. You're going to think I'm talking about a fantasy novel or some, something random. You're not going to process my information. So if you have pranoia and noose, you will be able to understand this message. The simulatrix being this field of consciousness and this, this overlay field that comes in and creates artificial grid networks, artificial energy patterns, artificial ley lines, and it actually 
has to do with also extraction of those energies in those ley lines to prevent the ley lines from having more juice, more energy, more electricity, more flow pattern. You see what I'm saying? So the ley lines need severe repair, and the only people that can do this are the trained mages. This is why I have learned from Sophia, she has told me, that our main job right now is to train ourselves to be able to harness the magical currents, so that way when we do harness the magical currents, we are able to change the ley lines. We are able to reverse the ley lines and remove the archontic seals that have been placed upon it. If enough people were trained, the magical ability, such as myself, this is one of my main parts of my mission here on this planet, quote-unquote, you know, is to awaken the goddess's energy. When we awaken the goddess's energy, we do transform the realm. So, I do not believe that the Demiurge will hold power over this realm forever. He will not. He will not. He will fall, as written in prophecy, quote-unquote, as written in the Nagamati Codices. Okay. She rises. Her light rises. Our light rises. The divine sparks rise. And then we are able to ascend out of the realm. We are able to go back into the Pleroma. And we're also able to experience the rest of our earthly incarnation in a harmonic frequency. So there, there's harmonics going on all the time with the Earth Mother and with yourself, your infinite spark. But can you sense them? Can you sense the harmonics? Can you sense when there's a dis disharmony in the field? Remember, we are field cleansers. So one of the things is with the whole idea of like, should you pick up the sword? Should you not pick up the sword? If you are a battle mage, if you are tasked with the job to cleanse the morphogenetic field, you must absolutely pick up the sword. Because the sword is the weapon you use and imbue with your magical power to cleanse the fourth dimensional beings that are hiding inside of these fields and then harvesting energy. Yeah, I'm going pretty deep here. I'm probably losing most people. Um, if you're in the chat and you're aware of what I'm saying, give a 37. <laughs> Write a 37 if you understand what I'm saying. Okay? We're in, a, we're in an interdimensional war. And I know a lot of people don't like to see that. They don't like to admit it. They like to pretend that everything is fine and dandy. And what I would say is you should be protecting yourself and creating those energies around you so you can sovereignly create your reality. All right, there we go. We got 137. So one person is in tune with it. It's cool. You know, I think that the, the stereoma is, is quickly, quickly coming to an end. Okay. If you haven't read my, my book, Agenda AI, Avoid the Archon Deception of the Simulatrix, Modern Society Gone Rogue, I highly recommend you do so. It's actually free. You can read it free on Kindle Unlimited. So no, or you can pay $10 and read it. It's definitely worth it. I'll tell you that. Um, and then I also have uh, a, um, Homo Luminous, The Divine Blueprint, which is out here too. So those of you that have read my books, you've probably understood more of what I'm teaching and more of the, the, the gnosis. This is stuff some people have said, oh, well, where, you, where do you get your information from? I get all my information from my connection to the divine, which is within and then also my connection to the goddess, 
and the other energies that I'm aligned with. So, and then of course I do a lot of studying and research, but primarily when you're talking about battle magic, like the magical fields, I've pioneered those. It means that there's pretty much nobody in our society that is teaching this stuff. It's actually blasphemy. If you, were, if you were to go to the masters, and I'm not going to say anyone's names or anything, but if you were to ask them about offensive magic or magic to, you know, fight a war with the Archons, to actually fight, to actually give you a fighting chance, they would tell you that that is nonsense and you should just focus on love and that all is one and that you should stop seeking quarrel. So they basically are telling you that, hey, I'm aligned with the darkness. I can't admit it. Because if I was truly righteous, I would understand that to fight for truth and righteousness is the only option in a world full of darkness. You cannot allow evil to permeate. And this is where I highly disagree with John Lamb Lash. I've quoted his work a little bit recently, but I highly disagree with his his whole idea that evil uh, does not exist. That all is love and goodness. I do not agree. I, I, I think that that definitely is true beyond this place. But in this world, the Gnostics, quote unquote, or he claims that the Gnostics did not believe in evil. I disagree. There is definitely evil. You just have not been lucky enough to see it. Obviously, I mean unlucky enough. No, there is twisted and demented energies. And then when there are those energies, there are how those divine warriors that come down, the archontic dark forces. Discovering the hidden truths of the archontic forces to basically see the spiritual oppression that's happening. Okay? So these are things that you have to be minutely aware of. And then you can also learn about your elemental connections. Your elemental connections to these infinite forces that you're able to harness. So recognize these different things that I'm teaching you. Um, and I, of course, am always refining my abilities. So this is a never ending process. It's not like I just stop learning. No, actually we learn more now because I have a responsibility to my students to teach them the proper information. So that means that we're actually doubling down and tripling down. I forgot I had slides. (laughs) Leslie put together the slides and I forgot about them. Okay. Mages in the simulatrix tethering to the organic reality. So um this is kind of like an image i wanted to share with you all i thought it was really cool because it's like this is exactly what it looks like you know you can actually develop the site to see the energy and it does look like pools of plasma i do see the plasma i do see with my eyes i have to change my frequency to see it so i have to like shift my consciousness and as soon as i do i begin to see the the light grids and once you can do this you can harness these light grids and you realize that reality is all plasmic and so you can begin to seed your own seeds quote-unquote and you get you begin to understand a bigger picture of the the reality that we're inside of this clockwork cosmos okay um and so everything is a gear everything is shifting everything is always changing and so you start to begin to recognize when there are gear shifts when there are gear rotations when there are uh, manipulations in the code so to speak so then you become a practicing magi you begin to harness the current you begin to understand that there is a spiritual force here and that understanding this, this current is like the key to the gold. It's the key to transmuting the, the lead into gold. So when the alchemists talk about 
lead into gold, go see the, the lecture that I just recently did on ethereal reconfiguration. That was a, a really powerful one as well. We talk about reconfiguring your light and reconfiguring your body, your bodily senses, your consciousness into a different state. Okay. So these are all different kinds of things that we talk about. This is the cover for Battle Magic as it is right now. Uh, one of the covers. You know, we, we really talk about imbuing your weapons with prana, with life force energy. I'm not going to get into that right now here because that's something that's more uh, not YouTube friendly when I express that kind of stuff. So Battle Magic is all about you declaring your sovereignty against these beings. And so, you know, why has it come to battle magic? Why has it come to this? It's come to this because there are parasites. And sometimes you have to take the sword and slay the parasite. And if you don't take the sword and slay the parasite, the parasite will continue to feed off of your energy. And also, being neutral doesn't actually work. Because when you're neutral, you're emitting no charge. Zero charge. You don't have a positive charge or a negative charge. You're simply neutered. You have no charge. So it would be better to be positively charged than apathetic or uh, indifferent. And I see a lot of people that are in that frequency and they say, hey man, I'm just going to just ignore it and just, you know, kind of just live my own life and whatever, whatever happens to the people happens. That's fine. You, know, you do what you want, but understand that there will become a point if you go through the whole Gnosis awakening and energy mastery uh, path, the path that I mainly teach, you will come a point where you do realize that there is a need to slay the dark, to slay the oppressed, the oppressors. That's the way that the true light works. That's even the way Sophia works. That's why she does, you know, change the ecosystem when she needs to really cleanse the realm. Okay. So <clears throat> we're not going to talk too much more. Um, we're going to kind of just continue on with the conversation here. Uh, to be a mage in the simulatrix and to tether to organic reality. Let's talk about the organic reality for a minute here. The organic reality is found through the life force. So through the connection to the, three, uh, the trees, through the breath, through the fire, through the wind. I encourage you all to spend as much time as you can in the natural force. Knowing that your realm is simulated to a certain degree, knowing that it's coded, encoded, knowing that there's two main forces kind of vying for your, uh, I wouldn't say that they're vying for your attention, but there's one force that's vying for your attention and your, your energy, and then there's another force that's actually looking to help you restore yourself. So you should be able to figure out which is which. I've talked about that enough. A lot of people... And I have to be very careful with how I say this because a lot of people changed their DNA recently. They took a chemical that modified their DNA. And this is the Archon attack against individuals. This is when you basically tether yourself to the simulatrix as opposed to the organic reality. If you left your code alone and you didn't do anything to yourself... You are more in vibrational harmony with Sophia's energy, with the natural currents. But if you fell to the deception that is the simulatrix, now you've hardwired a new operating system into yourself. So I don't really know 
how to reverse that. We had some people that have talked about uh, talked about that. You know, we we advise them to do basically like uh, full day fasting and like to basically extract these parasites out of you. But I'm not sure if that's going to fully work because you have to take into consideration that there was a new operating system installed in people's consciousness and their DNA. And if we understand DNA is the code of life, when the code of life is being tampered with and has a archontic insertion, this is a neutering process. So yeah, Leslie mentioned uh, there's a neutering process in the divine masculine, of course, huge neutering process because if the divine masculine were to stand up and to swing his sword, the, the evil entities would have had their heads roll and we would be living in a different world. But because the divine masculines are not divine masculines, because the divine masculine is so far and few between, we only have those pioneers that are really willing to put themselves out there for a message that they believe in, that they truly with their heart soul resonate with. And that's what I want to really talk to you about. So you can, you can tether to the organic reality by practicing your energy practices, the, the techniques that I've shared of cleansing the aura and learning to summon the breath into your body, learning to listen to Gaia Sophia, the birds chirping, the animals will communicate with you, the, uh, the weather patterns are a reflection of your thought processes. I start to think positive thoughts, I can make the sun come out. If I start to uh, focus on how I want it to be cloudy or, or sunny or uh, uh, kind of like more gray, a storm will form. Because it's a hologram. Because it's a projection screen. So that's why they do talk about, you know, within the self, you have to slay the demon. You have to slay the archon, which is the ego certain sense the ego is good in a certain sense but also at the same time you have to slay the darkness within the fear okay the corruption the the selfishness the uh the lack mindset these are all archon programs your true self contains noose which is divine prosperity infinite abundance infinite power this is the true self the true self knows it is all-powerful all-knowing because it's connected to a higher source. But the falsehoods, the ego will tell you that you need to work, you need to make money, you need to work at a job, you need to be in fear, you need to work in the matrix. It's a deception. Meanwhile, you could grow your own food, living off of the earth, living off grid. You know, these are things that we will talk about more in the future but that's how you tether to organic reality you tether to organic reality by consuming her medicines i'm not going to spe uh, specify which ones are which that's something I, I talk about exclusively as well but by con consuming her medicines you begin to heal your aura you begin to transmute the, the traumas and then you also become a divine protector and an energetic guardian which means that you are here to guard the grids you are here so far, I would say that we're failing at that job on a collective level. I wouldn't say that it's our, necessarily our responsibility to uh, take responsibility for the, the, collect, uh, the collective. No. You're not here to save the world either in that sense. You're here to shine your light and to be 
as sovereign as you are and then transcend out. Remember, the goal is transcendence out. But while you're here, protect Mother Earth. Protect the goddess. Stand into the divine masculine. And if you're a feminine, still stand in your divine masculine and in your divine feminine. Men and women have a divine masculine and feminine side. So, this is what we do. This is how we become warrior shamans. We stand up against corruption. Right. Ethereal Aeons activation says, This reality needs the divine masculine, who are balanced and Sophia sent to destroy and show the light fearlessly to the Archons. Females also carry this essence. Excellent. Well said. Well said, Leslie. That's exactly what I mean. You carry the spark, and they fear that spark. They fear that power. So, to be a mage means to work with potions, to work with alchemy, to work with different types of energies, and to master this field. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have a lot of training courses coming out in the future, okay? So, we have, right now, we have Intro to Magical Studies, and this is one of my exclusive courses in the School of Mysticism, as you can see. Um... We have Intro to Magical Studies, which contains basically everything you need to know about magic in this day and age, uh, in the 21st century. You know, we talk a lot about magic, as you can see, I have an immense amount of archives documenting the different types of magic. And I'm going to be making more magical courses. Some of them are going to be exclusive. Some of them will be part of the membership program. Um, and then we'll be dripping a little bit onto YouTube as well. But basically, this is for my magical practitioners and for my energy practitioners because it's all the same thing, okay? But understand that magic doesn't just end at the elemental forces. So if you're just stuck, just airbending, then you're just, you're not really that creative. You haven't learned how to use your magic into uh, weaponry, into defense, into protection, into abundance, into love, into healing, into precognition, into interdimensional communication. These are things that we teach that we want you to understand because we want humans to up-level, okay? So the Ritual Magic course um, and Protection and Reversal Magic, you know, this first course that I've done on Intro to Magical Studies is very, very extensive. We basically cover everything that you need to know about uh, magical studies in this one single course. So if you're a mage, if you are a true mage, I highly recommend you enroll in my course and you actually learn this from someone that spent their time, their money, their energy on mastering this art. Um, and then I'm going to have follow-up courses in the future that are going to go more into depth in magic. We also teach about mysticism and decoding the matrix in the realms. Things that I've talked about. That's why a lot of people aren't willing to pull out the sword is because they haven't really seen the darkness that lurks. And when you have seen the darkness that lurks, you are willing to pull out the sword because you realize that there are some things that are too unnatural, and too abnormal, and too demonic for this planet, for this hologram. So, we go into modern day Gnosticism in here. 
Um, and this was a powerful one where I talked about, you know, the Mesopotamian, uh, Mesopotamian creation mythos. This was one lecture that we had done, um, which was recent, the backstory. And then I also talk about the stereoma, the stereoma being the projection screen, the, the 666 carbon matrix, the hexagram. Okay. So finally, the third part of this series that I'm going to be teaching you about is going to be Sophia, uh, Sophia's correction. Sophia's correction is the true solution to the problem. So we've told you the problem. We've explained it in depth. We've explained who the archons are, where they were created, and how they were created. We explained how the divine sparks or M42 anthropods fell into physicality. We talk about uh, the noose, the, cre the creative intelligence, the endowment. Uh, we talk about even what the Ouroboros is, you know, <clears throat> why they use Saturn as the astrolope, why they use Saturn as the main sun, and then actually what happened when Saturn was replaced by uh, Suvija, or I, I always say his name wrong, but the sun. Okay. Why Saturn was replaced? Because Saturn was never intended to be a sun in the stereoma. So they had to replace it with another planet. And we talk about that story. But finally, the third part is going to be Sophia's correction. And this is the one that I've been looking forward to teaching and talking about, which is when Sophia is given the ability to rewrite her wrongs. And with her, the anthropods as well are able to rewrite their wrongs. They're able to fix the mistakes that were made. That's the main goal that we want to accomplish here, is to fix the mistakes that were made by the anthropods and made by the descent and made by the smear. If we can activate Sophia's correction, then we can truly ascend out of the, uh, the Karoma. So that's where I leave you for today. Come join the event if you're willing to, uh, if you want to join, if you want to talk about this. This will be the Archon's last stand. This doesn't mean that this is going to manifest in the physical reality. This means that we have the game plan. So I'm sharing the game plan with all of my students, all of those that are ready. And this will be part three of my lecture on maximizing the Gnostic Magi's ascension and activation. Okay? That's all I'm going to leave you with. Um... This is the membership for, for the enrollment, okay? Come check it out. It's in the description below. And also read the books. I'll be having more books coming out in the future. Many, many, many books and um, just a lot more coming soon. So thank you so much for, for tuning in. Again, we really, really do appreciate your support. So thank you to my channel members. Thank you to the School of Mysticism Initiates for funding us, keeping us going, supporting us. Uh, thanks for the people that are liking the videos. If you liked it, leaving comments, you know, anything you, you can do to help us sustain our mission is really important because we want to continue on and we will be continuing on for sure. So that's not even a question, <laughs> but thanks for being here and, uh, I appreciate you all. So we'll be tuning in next time and, and make sure you go ahead and, uh, watch some of the other videos that I talked about. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all um, of our support, supporters. Uh, and if you feel inclined to say thank you for the, for the live stream, go ahead, send a cash app, send a PayPal, uh, become a channel member or join our school. And uh, we'll definitely acknowledge your energy reciprocal.